0: You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. This is Standing in Two Worlds with Dr. Sam Juni in your Shalai joined by yours truly, also in your We're not in Sam's house. We're actually in Ramot Bet, overlooking a, I would say, pretty picturesque little park called Ganakipod and uh dr juni is joining me here and uh your gps got you here okay right you are able to navigate all right yep right and i'm not fr- sure i'll be able to get out of here but i got you. okay <laughs> yes yes and of course uh i think i think the main drag that got you here at least at the end was uh was uh, uh still golda Meir, right and uh right or was it you got a little right golda me here yeah
1: and
0: And, and, you know, because we talked about this off pod where I'm going with this. And I've talked about it with my other uh, people that, that, of course, are a crew of of stalwarts that make up our podcast uh, family, so to speak. Um, But I wanted to talk to you about this because, obviously, there's, there's a lot going on with the city planners and the country planners in terms of, the uh, the appellations they're going to be giving to the streets and the places and the Kikarot and Kikarim and and everything in the the various halls. And and they're going to be emblazoned with names of great leaders, former generals who became prime ministers. And, you know, it, it got me thinking a little bit back to, as you might remember a couple of years ago in America, the tearing down of monuments. Remember that? Where there was a movement to tear down any mm-hmm. person who had been a civil war general or anybody who had had any connection to that, that they'll still tear it now they're tearing down names as well to make sure that there are
1: no institutions named after people who, that's right and, and, who, don't, who don't fit the current agenda
0: yes yeah, right and we've talked about that mm-hmm. but but let's go before you tear it down let's talk about the the desire that there should be this bacon highway the desire that there should be something that Memorializes, someone who might have been vilified in his life, but what we can do is somehow give that person oh, like a like, like now there's going to be a plaza in this person's name. There's now there's going to be a, a the great highway that every person who wants to navigate around Yerushalayim is going to get on Golden Meir and then go on to Begin and then make a turn if they need to on Route 16, where it's Arik Sharon. It's to me more than just well we need a name let's pick a name and uh, and we're proud of our Israelis there seems to be something very deep here that's much deeper I think Avram Avinu would have not been so happy with it considering the struggles he had with Avodah Zorah, which of course Avram Avinu is at the end of this parsha right so so talk about this 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 idea of getchkaizing I guess it's a terrible word to use but uh, from from a human being and, and and turning it into a plaza, a road, or a statue? So
1: what I would say, first, just in terms of comfort level, I am much more comfortable in places and in cities where the streets and the avenues are letters and numbers. They're much easier to uh, navigate. They're much easier to know where you are. And if I have to um, um, uh, dovetail that, I would also say that I'm much more comfortable in streets that are laid out in the uh, rectangular grid. A grid, right? In contrast to uh, Boston, in contrast to You've Paris, survived. in contrast to, no, I'm saying even not grid. If you just have radial designs like Boston and um, let's say Paris, I'm much more comfortable with that. I'm, again, getting more upset with a place like Washington, where they actually have names of avenues and streets that go in four directions. So there are four places to be on this and this avenue and this and that street. You have to name the uh, quadrant, whether it's Northwest. Okay, right. so, so in terms of saying uh, that's the way to go.
0: Right. In other they words, have, which is let's explain to people. In Washington, a lot of it is is letters, right? It's it's letters, but the letters are the northwest version no, basically of Basically, what right? you have
1: is you have names of avenues. The avenues run east to west above the capital, below the capital. Then you have streets that run by numbers on the right of the Capitol and the left of the Capitol, which means G and fourth. Exists in four places. You have right. to say, is it northwest? Yeah. Is it southeast? Right. Okay. So,
0: that, okay. so it's that, not, in other words, basically, it's they stripped it down to numbers and letters. Yes,
1: which makes it very easy to live. So, let's say if you live in a place like Borough Park, if your address is so and so, you can know from numbers of the address exactly where it is. That's only one place. And that's Masudar. And then you contrast that with countries or cities that have names, names of streets. And the streets are not straight, which means without having an exact map, you can't navigate it. And then you concatenate that with an Israeli mimic of changing the name of the street every two blocks so that you can commemorate various kinds of people of um, holy and hallowed memory. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the way it all started off is that when you had these little towns, of course, so you go to Yankel's house and then you go to George's house then you pass the church and come next to the shul. So that kind of mentality is still around in places like Israel, especially because there's a Hamish uh, feel over here that these are all our people. It's like going to grandpa's house and grandma's house. It's much easier when you're in the family. You don't say go up um, Avenue Z for six and a half um, uh, kilometers. You say you go to Zaidi's house and then you turn left to Shul and then they turn out to Mikvah. So that kind of mentality is here. In terms of naming things after people, you're dealing here with a basic psychological dread of mortality. And the notion is that if you have your name attached to something after you're no longer here, that you're still alive. In fantasy, I mean, talking as the fantasy of a two-year-old, which defines the psyche of most people And its essence, you think you're going to keep living. And we have all over in the agaric literature, Shemesh and Yerkov, and then you have in the primitive religions where, if you have a picture of someone, then that the person's soul can never go back to the earth or to the water, depending which Indian cult you believe in. If you have a an actual um, piece of someone, like the hair, the whatever, you have to make sure when the person is buried that all of that is buried with them. And if Chazva Shalom, a piece of you ends up somewhere and is not buried then your soul cannot rest. So there's this kind of notion that somehow you can prolong your life, so to speak, even though you're not alive anymore. But in fantasy, for a two-year-old, you never die. You'll always be here. Like mommy says, we'll always remember you. Your grandchildren will always remember you. It doesn't do you much good when you're in the grave and you don't really exist, but that's a fantasy. So I would say putting streets over there other than just a way of being a colonial power and saying, okay, this is no longer called Jerusalem, it now has a name after the Caesar, or we're going to change the, the name of the city so that your memory gets obliterated. Other than that kind of colonial uh, um, uh, motivation, this is some kind of, um, um, shall we say, delusional way of thinking You still exist, So we think uh, like... I'm fascinated by, by uh, Shimon Peres wanting to make sure that Robert Streisand sang no. A Vino Malcano. Yeah, wait one <laughs> second. <laughs> I, I
0: actually actually clarified this because you, you mentioned ahead, this off-pod. So un- unless my m- minuscule research is wrong, and I don't think it is in this case, at his 90th birthday, Barbara did come in to sing A Vino mm-hmm. At his funeral, they had a male singer Oh, who, who sort of like channeled Barbra Streisand? It wasn't a a, dra- a guy in drag, but he sang at a high enough pitch that it sort of was uh, reminiscent. I, I was not oh, invited to a Streisand, right. yeah, but but it was live and it's available on YouTube okay, for those. But I'm who saying who that was
1: his wish that this is what should happen at his funeral. That was this tava. That to happen because he imagined, of course, that he would be lying there and listening to it, and it would be very pleasant for him. And then maybe as he lies in his grave for another 10 years, he'll have something to think about, which is basically uh, if you want to, if a real person said this in a therapy session, I'd give him some Thorazine. Okay, but then again, society does this, and we really delude ourselves. It's a great way to get over the anxiety of dying, the anxiety of of non-existence.
0: Well, yeah, put it this way: it's it's the anxiety of those we leave behind. We all know that professional money raisers will do anything to try to appeal to the family of someone who's uh, passed away and said, "Okay, we've got a plaque on this building. We've got a whole building." in fact everybody who passes and every single important Haredi shunat that i've visited not only has its own title whether it's uh, whether it's nasiva whether it's uh, or ochanan whatever it sure. is whether it's or rabbi on the side of the building is the name of the donor and even, and, if, even and, if you
1: don't have buildings what you have is if you recite the the wisdom of someone, in, in you know, in the in the political literature, his his I, he I, is actually. This being is alive. Not, Also, right. I just I need yeah, to take a little bit issue with you. I don't think. I mean, the anxiety about a person's anxiety about dying far exceeds the magnitude of the descendant's desire to memorialize that person. So, what you are really dealing with is people feeling that if something is named after me, I won't be as cold and lonely. And and, and worm ridden on my grave. I, 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 I want to uh, tell you something. Uh, one yeah. second, let, let,
0: let me push back. And uh, sure. you, you, you know we're, we're together at the same table, so pushing back it's a little easier than it usually is. But what I would say is, uh, let's talk. Let's talk, about, let's talk about bacon. Let's talk about Route Fifty, which is a, mm-hmm. a, a, a such a toweless for. Everybody, having not been in Yerushalayim for 10 years, and I saw Begin was being built. I think it was even being built 30 years ago when I was... 16 is the new, is the new right, phenomenon. 16 is new. Begin is complete. Driving is so much easier. I don't think, and it's a wonderful thing. I'm it's, it's, um, zikr, the Menachem Begin. I think I know him well enough. I've read his book. I went to his house on Shabbos. I, I sat with him. Menachem Begin did not care that after he dies that there should be a big highway having his name. It was, as you said, either people who supported the idea of Begin were proud of what Eric Stroh was. Maybe his children, maybe Benny Begin, maybe some of them, it meant a lot to him. I don't think for the person himself it was. It, it, it meant that much. I think most of these – I know Benny people, Begin. That's not the case for him. Right. He's like right. – he's dissolved any kind of relationship. relationship. But you know what I mean. The plazas that are done, like we, were, like we started off our program, I think most of it are the followers, the people who – but who wanted to erect the statue of Robert? Let's go back to America for a second. Yeah, the statue of Robert E. Lee, let's say in Richmond or whatever it was. And you have, of course, a connection to Richmond as well. And let's say in the middle of the town, you have Robert E. Lee, an incredible military mind, a tragic hero. Is he still there? They want
1: take it down? So they
0: took it down. They took that Robert E. Set, Lee down, yeah. right? They took Robert E. Lee down. Was it for Robert E. Lee himself? It was for his the people who followed him the people of the Confederacy, the people who perhaps were his family and children. And I think the same phenomenon is here. I think that this is not the person himself putting in his will, maybe they'll have a statue for me somewhere. I, I really think that it's a way of not letting go of that person or remembering the values of what you think that person stood for. And to be able to use it like, like the most primitive of as you were sort of imitating. That's why I mentioned Avram Avinu before. Mm-hmm. Avramavinu breaking the Tzolomim These, Salam, in a way, are a place, um, let let me use a movie reference here for a minute, and it's something which I know is beyond you a little bit, but you should see this movie. It's called Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Yes, I'm familiar with it. Okay. Its prominence is completely based on the incredible performance of Jimmy Stewart, James Stewart, as this young, idealistic senator who Mm -hmm. has been propped into a position in order to manipulate him. And he comes to Washington and discovers, and again, it was a very bold film in 1939. How corrupt, how all the deals are being made. Mm. And one of the things he does is he's he's a scout leader. He's totally unprepared for really what government is and the and the backroom dealings. That's not his game. He goes to the Lincoln Memorial in the film, and he stands there and he watches it. And there's some there's an African American. Kids that are there looking at it, and you can see that he's channeling integrity, loyalty, and that this is mm-hmm. what's going to be able to give him the strength to fight against this corruption. And, and that film has been seen by millions and millions of people, and I think many people, in a way, when they go there, they read those words of the Gettysburg Address that are on the uh, you know Abe sitting there, gigantically you know, in that seat. And, and, and they feel that they can tap into that power based on that piece of concrete. And they could say, yes, I am going to be like Lincoln. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to fight for the right without question or pause. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be willing to go to march into hell for a heavenly cause, to quote Manila Mancha. But I'm saying people people do that. And I think that that's, I think, is what, I don't know, Lincoln himself Lincoln himself was enough of a philosopher and enough of a cup mensch. I'm sure he did whatever whatever sort of sentence. I mean, you you dismissed any sentence he might have post his life. Let's say he does. Let's say he doesn't. I'm sure, as we say, Yiddish, the gate of What's that they built a big thing for what he's probably happy about is is that people like Jimmy Stewart in that movie and others can come there and somehow be inspired to be better citizens and better human beings. But it's mostly, I think, about that than it is a desire to keep yourself alive. No, we just what you're saying, I disagree, but I I, I think what you're saying is true about the pharaohs. I think what you're saying is true about the pharaohs. I think it's
1: true about every Tom Dick and Harry. Yeah, talk to him or her and say, Hey. You're going to die. He says, no, but I will live on in whatever kind of stupidity. Yeah, okay. Well, well <laughs> now it's to know that you're going to stop existing and you're just not going to be there. Even if your ideas are there, even if your house keeps going, even if people use your bathroom.
0: Okay. I, I don't, I don't, we dis- don't have to be Okay. This. But, but I'm, I don't disagree that what you're saying is true. The question is, is that the phenomena on display in the desire of oh, naming no, classes, no, no, that's no, the question. No, no. Oh, no. I'm not I saying agree. that it's motive, that it's done by 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 the people who was
1: named that. The Lincoln did not design the Lincoln Monument, right. of course not. But I'm saying that's the the function it serves. I mean, if anything, maybe to the descendants, they think that the, the, they're still the father is still alive. Eh, I'm not so sure. Yeah.
0: I will tell you, by the way, since we're talking about this, I was privileged, I, I don't want to mention his name because it's probably a. Uh, um, as we say in Hebrew, bazillion to his memory. But he was one of the most prolific writers, ungarish um, of tamad uh, had been a rov in many, many cities, was a prodigy as a child. Um, and it really wrote some of the most forward-looking and interesting uh, things. He also was a, uh, a rascal and a charlatan when it came to kashras and other things. He had written Svarm Sheinkeits, Kates, and Kabbalah Svarman and He has a, uh, a 12-volume set of Trubas. People who are listening to this who are a little bit uh, I could probably guess from the clues who I'm talking about but anyway, uh, he once spoke to myself and another person and we were talking about his father. and he says, he says like I know people are not really open now In other words, he knew he had become sort of a pariah Mm -hmm. in the rabbinic world, but he felt that he worked so hard and put so much of his individual fortune, which he made off the hashkachas and other things, into printing these voluminous uh, Mm -hmm. tomes because he felt this will live after me. My spharma left. My works will be discovered mm-hmm. by someone. So I have, I have seen that, and I you, know, I, you know, look. Maybe Sam Juni is also hoping that they will be a a published uh, collection of all your memorium, right? That they will they are. They're all published. I, I know you know what I mean, but in a place yeah. where, oh, oh, where, sure. where you don't think that you don't think There's that no I,
1: doubt any
0: production
1: that any human being makes, okay, if it's not for his immediate use or her immediate use. Is intended to make sure that they don't die, right? There's no question. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: So once, you, if you have that analyzed, you know, and then come to come to terms with it, as a you know, Viktor Frankl would say, you come to terms with your mortality, you stop being productive. There's no, you don't need to anymore,
0: right? Because you figure there's nothing left. But yeah, so, you, sir-
1: you you've come to face it, you've come to accept it. So what are you doing this for? Some
0: well, your wheels and might as well go biking, it's well fun. yeah, but I think with your writings and with uh, this rabbi's writings, he felt that there will that it will be needed. And even if I don't have any, so what's it to you? That's right. It must be that you feel right. Sure. It must be that even though, even You'll if you still
1: get those royalties coming into the cemetery.
0: <laughs> but it, but again, you know, it, you're right. It, it makes you feel that I've I've done something, a but, but
1: it's the, You have to know that it, from a psychiatric point of view, it's as delusional as being you know the Jesus or the at the, at the Western world.
0: Yeah look, look you know Paul Newman, his biography just came out that he had been working on and mm-hmm. there was an HBO series that I happened to see because uh I I'm fascinated a little bit by Paul Newman, of course his father was Jewish and Paul considered And by his dressings of course. Paul yeah so Paul with his with his work he said why did he do this? Why did he do something that you know the Cary Grants um the, the, the other great, you know, romantic actors, the people who were a Redford or anyone, nobody did what he did. Or, or the more
1: profound philosophers would say, why did you do that rather than considering your sack
0: or suicide? <laughs>
1: yeah. In other words, are yeah. you doing this, right. like, why so you're if, spending energy right. when you can just
0: as well kill yourself. That's right. So what he said, look, I'm going to try to make the world better. I'm going to try to and, and and millions and millions of dollars went from his excellent products. That he didn't get us, that he, you know, after he paid off his workers mm-hmm. and it went to all these different things.
1: And, and again, and then, of
0: course, then you're going to feel
1: when you're dead, that <laughs> things are good. You, right.
0: right. And, and what he gave over to his children, and of course, they're all adults and old, try to make the world better place than it was before you got in there try to do something to make the world better i have to say to come up with the ultimate smoothie would be another goal (laughs) (laughs) okay but however the world is a little bit better than it was before try i'm
1: I'm saying no an alternative to making the world better is to come up with some other kind of goal like you know coming up with the the perfect milkshake or let's say you're right at the best coffee table or the worst
0: coffee table so these these things that are that, that motivate people to, as you say, not to just sit around and let themselves devolve into an entropic death mm-hmm. are really very positive, whether they are fantasy they're, or not. They're very positive from a
1: functional point of view and in terms of giving um, meaning to your life, incorrect meaning to your life. Because <laughs> no, there can, there can be no... Look, this is my old pet peeve. There can be no meaning to your life unless you have a transcendent connection to something which is not ephemeral. If something is like this where it just goes through and it's random meaning means nothing so you have to appeal to something that has absolute meaning which if you are a person of faith you have that and if not you're wasting your time and you're wasting your psychic energy and it's all because you haven't had enough money to be analyzed to realize that you haven't come to deal with the existential vacuum that you're going to be into so that's a I mean, that's the basic, it's a pessimistic formula, it's much nicer to delude yourself to say, okay, I'm going to live forever, or these things mean something, or in certain, you know, if you're not really connected to a religion, I'm going to come back somehow, this is all just a um, a simulated reality, but in reality, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be something else. So that's the, um, I mean, that's the psychological point of view of all this, and it's a,
0: Okay, I'm going to put you on the on the on the table for a second here. When you went to Vienna or to London uh-huh. to the places where your Rebbe was, right. when you went into the consulting room of uh, the place where you know he had thought about when the- I lie down on Freud's couch. Yes, yes, yes. When you went, that was a big turn on for you, wasn't it? It was a
1: big turn on <laughs> right. at the level of going to Carvel. And having a banana no, I don't.
0: no, 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 no! What I'm saying, you spent
1: good money to get there, I right? Spent good money, and I took quite a few risks with the guards there. Yeah. Able, yes, yeah. but but the thrill was the same kind of thrill. Let's say of um, let's say repelling downhill. Okay. Okay? No, okay, In other words, there was, there was nothing existentially <laughs> profound in it, other than it was titillating. Uh, I But see. I don't put any kind of value on it in terms of um, my being or my understanding or my Feeling that I finally come to meet my mentor, eh? That's Shtriot.
0: I see. I'm I sorry. See. I see. And of course, we are in the not only. Well, let's 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 expand this just a little bit before we close. You know, because we're not just in a place that that like Yerushalayim, a labyrinth of streets with all these wonderful rabbinic names. By the way, you know, I uh, we met each other this morning. I just come from Ramat Shlomo, which uh, used to be called Shuafat, which got turned into a, a place mm-hmm. where almost every street is a road. This isn't just once in a while. That's the colonizing in their face.
1: Right. right. Every single street is sure. a different road, And, sure. and, and the, make, making the Arabs speak to you in Hebrew. I mean, this right. is it. This right. is in
0: their face. And also, there is a Rebbe from Lubavitch, the Lubavitcher people live on. And if you go to the rehov of uh Admar Lubavitch, you'll see a 770 replica there. It is really something, uh, as we say. But, you know, when we talk about... Um, not just the streets, but we also talk about the, the graves, and we've had a discussion. Oh, you people. understand,
1: with the Rebbe, for those of them who believe that he's Mashiach, that's not a question of a memorial to someone. Right. That's, that's his a, house. Hey, hey, that's I, where he I, he's going to be. No, no. He, he comes, lives there. He he's there. there. He's, he's there. there. He's there. You may not see him, but he's there.
0: Yeah, that was, okay. But I wanted to really end here with a, a wonderful vignette that meant a lot to me. Um, and I, I'm going to add my little addition to it, uh, since this is so all these podcasts I've been doing here have sort of been, you know, my adventures in holy wonderland. So let, let me just happy to be your guide. here. Okay, <laughs> I definitely you've been my guide in many ways, even when we're not right. okay. uh, sitting at the same okay. thing. But anyway. Guys. All right. Go. So here's the point. Um, uh, one of the people that loomed large in, in, in my life when I was growing up as an independent thinker. Uh, as the opposite of the austere power of Myrashashiva, Rabbi Ruderman was Rev Weinberg, was Rav Yaakov Weinberg. Um, you know, he was somehow the one who could think deeply. He didn't have to be the Baki Buholo Rakula. He was the Balmakshova. He was the one who had surrounding him these elya that 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 gravitated towards him. But they did the Talmudic work for him. Okay. And, 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 and he was my a number of wonderful Talmudic, whether it's our yeah. Achman or, um, or uh, Uzi Bulevsky um, or uh, Rav Yechinen Zweig, Yaakov Moshe So these were people that, so Rav Weinberg to me was always Lin watch. I had to, to speak with him a couple of times. And I remember him saying uh, in a schmooze that, all the Makoimah Sakutoshim, when he went to Hidabah there, he said, but when I when I went to the Ramam, I felt I was coming to Rebbe. I was coming to my Rebbe. And uh, it, it meant a lot to me when I heard that, because, yeah, he went to there yeah, he said, and you have people like Tanoyim, you have Yoyimus Ben Uzeel, you have Pincus Ben Yoyer, but... It meant, so here's Rev Weinberg, uh, a brilliant man, a person who is no, uh, and, and yet this gave him the same zeros that you had. And more than that, it wasn't just a Carvel ice cream. He felt that, no. that in a way, justified in the amount of energies he had put into the Rambam. So based on Rev Weinberg, when I came in 1977, I said, okay, I'm going to Tveria too. But the Rambam is not so much welcome by me. I need to go to Ramchal. Mm-hmm. I need to go to Ramchal. So I spent, you know, and, and of course, over there is the is the of Rabbi Yekiva. And still, for me, oh, Ramchal. And not only did I go to the Ramchal's Kevr, I had with me the Das Tfunus. I had borrowed it from Rav Bulman, who, of course, you know what I'm talking about. Rav uh, Rav Buhlman, who was the Rishish, one of the Rishivas, um Rav, Nachum, Rav Nachman Bowman He lent me his das Fumis, and I sat there and I read and I was learning the schools of the Ramchal. It was it was such a to me again. I was seventeen years old, and to me wow. this was to me wow. Here I am learning his kever at his kever, um, and and I can tell you okay, after this happened. And, I had to get down to where my friends were waiting and it's up there on the top of the hill. And right after I had done that, I started going down the hill moving and it became so steep the hill that I couldn't just walk. I had to run. And my legs had to ca- I had to I had to move. And I realized that I could not stop. Here I was and I wasn't <laughs> yeah. I, I I started the acceleration was intense. And, and, I, and I was holding on, holding the Safer, trying to move. There were rocks in front of me. The next thing I knew, I was elevated into the air. I had flipped over one of these boulders, it seemed to me. And my friend who was with me, who saw it, said that I went 20 feet into the air and landed on my back, holding the Funus in my right hand. <laughs> Immediately, he ran to to get the rest of the group, and we somehow made it to a Mogan at a Dome, and I was looked at, and they x-rayed me, and, and I can, the question was whether I was going to stay overnight. And this event, like, I, I was wondering, I used to, so I said right away to the people around me, I don't know, this is, we're talking here 45 years ago, and I said to the people around me, I wonder if it was the Rambam's Kepeda, or, or Kiva's Kepeda, right? Here I was thinking that I was a Ramchali, and yeah, he didn't spend time by us. He didn't spend time by us. Anyway, this is the one. Full I, disclosure, I have this big smirk on my face. Yes, yes, you do. But to me, it was it was something. And it's still, uh, I, I had to buy Rabbon and another Das Tunis because the one that I have, and I still have, its cover was, in a way, um, it started to come off from this running and flipping. But that Dastunas and the safer itself has, by the way, loomed extremely large in my life. And in my best moments, I still go back, not to the to the run down the hill in Tveria, but to the ideas that were articulated there. And I, I have to say, I, to me, my going there, my pilgrimage was part of what cemented, at least in my mind, that, that uh I was coming to someone I wanted to be my Rebbe, maybe I wasn't like Mark Weinberg that I was there by Rebbe, but someone who to me would be a uh, the one who would forge the Mesila to hopefully keep me Yashar and in the right possible way.
1: So let me just say the psychoanalytic <laughs> subtext of this is quite rich.
0: <laughs> Okay, <laughs> and it's now open for. So maybe next time we will get uh, uh, how you. I want to hear the how the I don't know if I want to do this, but <laughs> yeah, that they, it's it's quite quite. Uh, it, but yes, okay. I, and I want to tell people here that uh, Dr. Jay, I can. It's almost like he's he's he's. Watering at the mouth to be able to take no, this no, apart. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'll put into my memoirs. It's okay. <laughs> yes. right. That's it, my friends. That's it mutual I We will hopefully be back next time. Unfortunately, I will probably be back uh, on the other side of the pond. But we know that Dr. J will be here uh, from Yerushalayim. Take care, everybody. Be well. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.